0: And welcome back to the Football Hipsters podcast uh, in association with Bird Camp Wonderland. I'm sure you know that by now. Um, first things first, I want to, uh, well, I should, I should first of all say, hello, my name is Chris. Um, and today I'm joined by Josh. Uh, so say hello, Josh.
1: Hello, my name is Josh. Hello, uh, it's very confusing as well because I was like, "Oh, am I starting this one? <laughs> oh God, <laughs> what are we? Is this ABW? It's, it's like, this, who's it? What who? What's our purpose? What podcast are
0: we are? <laughs> it's it's all a bit, all a bit random, isn't it? Oh, um, yeah, yeah we, we wanted to get together and, and do a couple of one-on-one podcasts, which is what we're going to do. And um, just before we we jump into today's um first of those, I, ju- I do just want to say a massive thank you to everybody who tuned in to the um the rebirth if you will of our first podcast um that myself josh uh lana and joel and drew were a part of last week um well over 1500 views now which is amazing like genuinely is i think if you'd have said to me we'd have got 50 views i'd have said great that's cool um you know that it was really just about us keeping ourselves busy talking about the sport we love and um you know just putting something out there for people um especially with our link with um with abw so Thank you to every one of you that listened. Um, it might just have been John listening 1,500 times. I don't know. But uh, if it was, thanks, John. Uh, but no, in all seriousness, we really appreciate it. Uh, also, a couple of you have asked, um, where is John? And also, where's Ross? They're still part of the team. Don't worry. Um, John is is massively under stress of work at the moment. Um, the company he's working for has a lot of overseas, overseas work going on. So uh, it's, it's a struggle to find time for him. But he'll be back as and when, hopefully, things go back to normal um and uh, Ross, similar um he's got a lot of bits and bobs going on so hopefully we'll have him back at some point soon as well so uh yes thank you i'm um, surprising josh wasn't it people seem to people seem to remember us first of all and, and second of all seem to enjoy it
1: yeah definitely uh well i mean i'd always like to say i put out top quality content when i'm either on abw or the hipsters but naturally uh yeah i can't say for everyone else but no it was great to have everyone back and just shooting the breeze about yeah. Just football in general, because even though we haven't got anything to watch, to be honest, it's actually quite nice as having a break gave us an opportunity to kind of come back because there wasn't a what happened this week in football that we didn't need to cover all of that. We could go nice and holistic for the first episode back.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was nice, wasn't it, to have sort of, yeah. and just one topic to focus on rather than 50 games and, goodness, what else? So, yeah. um yeah, that, that's... Uh, to be fair,
1: the topic was exactly the same when it's football yeah. coming back in your league. Yeah,
0: that's true. Yeah, that, that is so true. That is so true. Yeah. But, um, but, yeah, it's, it's good to be back. And as I say, as we said in the first episode, it was very much a test of water thing. We, we probably would have carried on even if we had got 50 viewers or five viewers. But the fact we got so many, I think, has kind of made our minds up that we want to keep doing these as much as possible. So we are going to do... A couple of kind of one-on-one interviews so I'm gonna obviously sit down with Josh today um, I already am I'm also gonna gonna record one with Lana Drew and Joel in the coming days so uh, look out for those in your feeds uh, probably into uh, the latter part of this week or beginning of next um but we are gonna jump into what's going on and um, I should say as well for our viewers on YouTube or um viewers in video format I apologize um I, I'm, I'm not um I'm not underdressed deliberately, just been for a run. So I'm very sorry about the flesh on display. Podcast viewers, you're either very lucky or very unlucky, depending on which way you fall. Um, anyway, Josh, enough about my torso. Um, what do you make of the last few days? We're, obviously, I'm going to talk to Drew in, in more depth about the German situation, but their league is now, quote-unquote, greenlit. And um, we say greenlit, it's coming back in format. There's still a lot of things that need to be ironed out as, as to how it's going to come back. The league is coming back. The Premier League and EFL, to me, as we said in our first podcast the other day, it it still seems that it's so much about money. What do you make of the last few days' events in terms of players starting to speak out now? There's suggestions that players might return to training in masks. There's this um, neutral venue. A club quite close to your heart, Brighton, have expressed their concerns about playing either at a neutral venue or having games at their stadium for other teams. What what do you make of it all at the moment? Do do you feel like the Premier League is just buying time to see how Germany goes or do you feel like they're just thinking about themselves at this stage?
1: Yeah, I think it was always going to be the case that the Premier League and EFL, just the whole English game, was going to wait to see what someone else did rather than take it upon themselves to make any kind of radical decision. You know, we sort of, uh, I think I alluded to in the first episode, the way... uh, Premier League dealt with uh, VAR. So I try and get my uh, correct uh, TLAs in the right order. Uh, Yeah, so getting VAR in, we saw that, you know, we were the last league to really take it on boards. And then we decided to do it completely differently to everyone else and still put it under the same kind of banner as VAR. So I think if if or when uh, the Premier League comes back, I think they'll look and see what Germany have done but do something very different because, you know, we're English. We do everything our own way. It doesn't matter what you've done. We might use you as a, some kind of test bed, but actually we'll take none of your findings and we'll just go our own way anyway and say, oh, the reason it didn't work for you this way is because you didn't do it properly. Not, it doesn't work. Mm. Uh, you know, it's not a solution. So it'll be interesting to kind of see what happens with the German system. I know that they've got fewer games they need to bring back, um, you know, because they're only an 18-team league. This is where I'm trying to remember the Bundesliga. Chances, I'm pretty sure there's yeah. only 18 teams in it. Yeah. So they've got fewer, like, um, game weeks to fit in, whereas, obviously, as a 20 or 24-team league, there's just not going to be these kind of time for fixtures. Um, mm. I think coming on to the terms of what the Premier League are looking at, uh, I'm not really sure how they're going to try and address it. We've seen, or certainly I've seen, uh, the players coming out that still think it's farcical, some of the measures they want to implement. But then, because there's no official channel... Shortly. Sorry, carry on. Oh, Chris. How <laughs> many of these have you done? I oh, no, <laughs> After I said, age. unfortunately, <laughs> people might be able to hear my uh, dishwasher go off in the background. Uh, but yeah, I think in terms of... Some of the news that's come out, I've not seen anything. To be fair, I can't even remember the name of who's in charge of the, of the Premier League now. It's not Greg Dyke, I don't think. It's someone guy, else now.
0: It's not the Garlic fella, is it? There's a guy called Garlic, and then there's maybe there a,
1: was someone, and then he or she didn't take over. Oh yeah,
0: and then very, another guy got it. And yeah. yeah, I'll I'll try and find out. There's the a There
1: we go. There we go. That's fucking <laughs> cute. <queue. laughs> say so, yeah i just i've not seen anything official come out from them so i have a feeling with some of the measures and they'll put inverted commas on that that we've seen come out might be a little bit kind of fake news things like our oh, players with games will be wearing masks and red cards if you spit on the pitch and i'm not sure how true some of these are but the kind of ones that i've seen responses from clubs the main one being neutral venues I don't see how that keeps the integrity of this, of the uh, league at all, unless you're looking at voiding, or not bringing relegation in this season, because if you think about it, earlier in the season we saw Norwich with home advantage beat Man City, mm-hmm. and now another team that's in a similar situation, like Brighton, you're currently just going to take home advantage away from them now. Now, you're not going to not going to say you know Brighton. Definitely up for getting three points against Man City when they travel down to the Amex. But it's not the point. We've seen these things season after season in this part of you know the league that you'll get a couple of upsets because you've got certain clubs, certain teams, especially like mid-table ones, who know they're safe. Your Burnleys, your kind of Southamptons of yester season, uh, Everton have kind of they kind of sit back and relax and kind of a relegation team kind of looks at that and goes that's three points there got the flip-flops on we're on the Mm. beach already and i think that's the kind of thing that you're missing a huge part of the latter part of the season if this was in the middle of the season maybe you could argue that maybe it'd be okay or if you did a whole season at neutral venues yeah that would be fine but then you're always going to be using someone's football stadium so you know if arsenal or brighton were going to be Uh, neutral venues, which have been mooted. Um, Why would Arsenal not play at the Emirates, for example? Um, So it does seem like it's a little bit confusing about why they're trying to do it. And to be fair, if Sky or BT, if the only thing they need to do to fulfil those contracts is complete the league and they can say, well, we don't technically have relegation this year. If that's all they need to do, then fine, I think. But I would still be a little bit, um, yeah, I'd feel a little bit hard done by if I was a lower league team or a lower part of the division team Mm. and I couldn't play in my home stadium because how little, you know, even if there isn't a crowd there, there's still the familiarity.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Exactly. We saw it with Spurs when they went to Wembley for those two seasons And how they struggled in that first season and Arsenal, of Mm. course, for the Champions League, even though they were at home. And to be fair, had their own fans with them. Mm. There was still the familiarity of, you know, the the actual squad, those 15, 19 players that were there and the rest of the backroom staff. They knew where they were going. They kind of settled into that environment and Mm. they know, you know, that without the crowd... I know there's been jokes you could say, oh, well, Man City will be fine. And, you know, it's always a bit quiet down at the Amex or the Emirates. So without fans might not necessarily be a thing. But, yeah, I've, I'd be interested to see what happens with the German uh, experiment. I think at time of recording, they're due to come back. Was it 22nd or 29th? I saw from yeah. Raphael Honigstein.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so, of yeah, May. I'd be I'd be interested to see what they, yes, yeah, sort of May. Yeah, To see how they deal with it and then what the English game does.
0: There's so many things to pick up on with that because, I mean, like, you know, there's a, there's a Spanish Cop del Rey that's being played in abroad, playing that abroad, and that big journalists have said how big the difference is in atmosphere just at those grounds because, although they're technically fans of clubs, um, you know, it's not necessarily the sort of the regular fans or it may not be the fans on the doorstep. The other sort of issue I have with this whole neutral venue, let's talk about. There's still a Merseyside derby that's still got to be played this mm. season. There's still a North London derby that's got to be played this season. If you're seriously telling me that oh, if we play Arsenal Spurs or Liverpool Everton at Villa Park, for example, what's your saying that there aren't Arsenal and Spurs or or uh, Liverpool and Everton fans in Birmingham? Is that what we're saying? Mm. We're saying that people don't get in cars and, and drive. And, and I know, like, I know people are sort of saying people are intelligent enough to to respect the rules. There'll always be some idiots. I've been out this afternoon, as I said at the start. But I've been out for my run like just a short time ago. It's Plymouth in the UK. It's the southwest. It's quite a pretty part of the country. Um, Sun's out. You honestly wouldn't know that anything had happened in the last week. There's people everywhere. There, you know, obviously there's no shops where I've run. I've just I've run around the coastal path. People out picnicking. There's people out walking dogs. There's families out. There's cars everywhere you know, you honestly wouldn't really, you wouldn't think anything had happened in this country or the world at all. And that, to me, like it angers me a bit, because it's almost like people have just accepted that the government in the UK are going to come out tomorrow, time recording on Wednesday, and and say, oh, yeah, we're going to ease lockdown. Yet yesterday, we've reported the highest death rate um, across Europe now. There's, there's so much of a risk that these, these footballers, um th- these are the same footballers that have been vilified for not supporting the country with its money. And yet basically it sounds to me like, or it seems to me like money is dictating that they come back. And and as you said, I don't understand how you can have if 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 Aston Villa play Norwich, like you said, actually as a bad example, if Aston Villa play Man United and in the first, game, the first game earlier on in the season, they went to Old Trafford and lost. I can't even remember whether they, if they've even played, but just say they did. And then on the strength of them playing at a neutral venue, Man United turn them over 6-0 or 1-0, doesn't matter which, and they go down as a result of that game. You've got another Sheffield United-Carlos Tevez situation, haven't you, where the Villa could turn around and say, well, you can't prove categorically that if we'd have played that game at Villa Park, we wouldn't have got the three points because we played it at, Goodison or whatever we didn't get three points and if you lose a player as a result of it like, there's just so many ins and outs here um Liverpool win the title is it is anyone gonna really look at them as proper champions I mean I'm not I just I just I, I just think you know and that okay that's I'm probably slightly biased there but there's nothing against Liverpool whatever my club allegiance is but I think even Liverpool fans, I'm sure a lot will celebrate it and rightly so, but there's got to be an element of of this thinking like, how can we do this? I just, I the whole thing boggles my mind. I just, I cannot understand how we can't just say, look, this is a write off. We start again next season. There's no relegation. I, I like the idea of extending it so that, you know, you, two clubs from the championship come up um, and there's no relegation. And then you have a season where there's five relegated. I mean, I, at least everyone's on a a, a level playing field. What's your understanding of how the EFL are dealing with this? Because I know that's an area that that you're interested in as well.
1: Yeah, in terms of the EFL, um, from what I can see um, in where I am in the country, there's no one in their office at the moment. Um, Yeah, they're all on lockdown. So I'm not sure anything hugely is happening with them. I think they're a little bit governed by the Premier League because the Premier League is kind of pushing to come back so much. It's the kind of, well, if you're coming back, are you giving us three, are we expecting to accommodate three additional teams next season into mm-hmm. the EFL? And I think that's the biggest thing. Whereas other leagues have got, um, you know, the, who runs the top division also runs the second division. Yeah, in the league, uh, I think certainly in France, it's the kind of situation there, isn't it? That everything's run by the French Football Federation. Yeah,
0: yeah, one one fits all.
1: Yeah, yeah, one fits all. Whereas we've got this beer moth thing with twenty teams that is completely different to you know other. As we kind of say, there are sleeping giants in the leagues below. Mm-hmm. You know the likes of Leeds that are pushing to come back. You got Sheffield Wednesday down there. Um, I know uh, forgive me whilst I rattle through and miss big giants as I go down. Sunderland are down in the second, of, uh, yeah, they're down in League One, Portsmouth down there as well. These are huge teams that you don't necessarily have in other leagues, you know, or other countries. You don't have five leagues of professional football, yeah, you know, by the by maybe the third tier in most leagues. That's where it kind of coming into semi professional, I think for most other divi- most other countries anyway, you know mm-hmm. there's some out there that can't even pull together a second division. It's just the first uh so I think that's where the slight differences in terms of England because football's so deep rooted and also the financial troubles we've had as well down there. I know we're not the only only league that doesn't have clubs that go bust or have general financial irregularities in there, but I'd be interested to kind of, you know, a decision, a, a decision that fits the bill at the top of the championship might not fit the bill for someone at the bottom of league too, mm. because at the bottom of the league too, if you get relegated, that's you more or less going from a professional club to, in some cases, sem- semi-professional mm. and you're getting that coming in. So I think that's where the EFL has got a huge job in its pla- on its hands, but also needs the Premier League to help them out. And as we've kind of said when we, earlier with the Premier League, it's just so loose. They're not really sure what they're doing and there's some crackpot ideas coming out. And I think I think the EFL wants kind of an excuse to basically cancel the season there. Mm. Um, but the Premier League are pushing so hard that we might end up seeing something happen with the with the EFL but again depends on how um receptive the premier league are to clubs coming up from the EFL mm. because the EFL's got to look at that as well and say okay if Leeds and West Brom are going up and no one's coming down great we can now make plans mm. you know and also if they say you know what if you can get the playoffs, take the playoffs as now or do points per game for the playoffs because there are teams that have played fewer games than others. Uh, I think Borough uh, are one of those that are just on the cusp of the playoffs at the moment, but have got a game in hand. I think they're one of those that could rightly say, you know, do points per game. And you know what? The playoffs are normally home and away and then neutral venue being Wembley you could do those neutral it's just two games you're trying to organize uh yeah four teams with three matches and just do a little knockout competition gives you your playoffs gives you the one person who's going up as well and helps them out because again that's a decision that the EFL can't make yet on are we going to do playoffs because yeah. we can't do Playoffs in League Two. if We're not going to do playoffs at the Premier League uh, for the Championship because we're going to be a team imbalanced.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, doesn't make any sense, does it? From from no. that, that regard. Um, yeah. What do, you, what do you make of the? Uh, I know it's sort of story you've still got to read up on, but there, there was reports that came out yesterday. Um, the articles on the Athletic that senior doctors, um, club officials, again in, in the Premier League, uh, essentially got together as a mass. Um, had a, a large-scale meeting online, and they've put forward a document to the Premier League, basically asking questions from a health and safety standpoint. Um, the, to- the talk is this this set of questions was 100 long, 100 different questions or more, and they are such things as um, how many ambulances will be required, what if a player um, has an injury in training, as opposed to a match situation. How do you manage if two players um, have a collision and there's two broken bones, for example, on the pitch? How are you sanitizing um, club equipment? How are you cleaning grass? How are you um, cleaning club stadia? How are you managing the uh, interaction of club officials with players, with players, families, friends, etc. Like there's, there's so many questions. And they've essentially turned around and said, you know, we are we're putting forward to you the medical evidence, much in line with what the government uh, set a report on tomorrow. And the Premier League are essentially kind of just poo-pooing that and saying, well, you know, that's fine. We'll we'll manage it. It strikes me that the the Premier League are not really thinking about the welfare of the players or the staff or indeed the country uh, as a whole. They're really just looking at it as how can we get football played? Um, and I, I just sort of wonder, from your standpoint, like where would you stand on that medical grounds? I mean, if you are if in control of this, would, would would it even be up for debate at this stage when we 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 have no vaccine at this stage, and we still have members of our our national health service under understaffed and underutilized for the equipment they need for the general public. There's, there's still people being refused, you know, cancer treatment, and yet we're talking about managing footballers.
1: Yeah, I think in terms of I think mean, it's where the Bundesliga example will help us a lot and kind of see how they're doing it, what they're putting in. Cause I think it's a little bit like the Premier League have said, Yeah, we're gonna come back and we're gonna target this date. But that's all they've kind of got in their plan. Whereas the Premier League doctors have run away, you know, run away with this thing and got all of their information there. And you know what? It's a bit too early for this kind of document to come over to them. I think that's what the Premier League's kind of done with it, poo-pooing it. They've rather gone, actually, you know what, we're not at this stage yet where we need to be asking doctors for everything because we haven't got these kind of plans set out yet in this detail. I think that's where the Bundesliga is slightly ahead because the government's obviously looked through this, seen what their plans are and gone, yeah, sure, you can come back by the 22nd because we're going to roll out of lockdown at that point. Mm. but this is where it's kind of happening back to front is that we're for, you know, we're a couple of weeks behind with the virus. I know the premier league wants to get back in early because it wants to maintain, you know, it's, it's foothold and kind of broadcasting is that if it comes, I'm not going to say, you know, Bundesliga is going to be the next big, big league for, uh, you know, television rights. But if it comes back in earlier, it's got a hell of a chance of being picked up and next season earning a lot more, you know, what kind of broadcast rights could they get in the UK next season? Because, you know what? Every football fan who's been starved of it, suddenly it popped up on BT Sport. Everybody started tuning in and they've got teams now and they want to see and they've got invested in that league Mm -hmm. and they start watching it. And soon that kind of broadcast revenue is going to pump up because as well as you know, I want to see Super Sunday. Might be what Burnley versus West Brom. And mm. to be honest, it sounds like a dead rubber already. But you know what? At two o'clock on Sunday is um oh, just name uh, Schalke definitely. versus Dortmund. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're like, oh, I'm going to switch that on because you know what? I saw Schalke play last season. They were mm. quite good. I already I do know. that. <laughs> yeah, I know what exactly. you mean. Yeah. yeah, there's people out there that you know there's just so many people watch football mm. who don't necessarily or haven't got the time to diversify their horizons into other leagues mm. have now been given this opportunity and that you know what they'll start doing it the and i, I can, think that's a problem the
0: thing i can't get my head around as well is like looking at the the leagues like the examples like yeah. you've used there you said about like bundesliga and, and Serie A is now to, there's talk of that happening Spain, there isn't really any discussion about the league coming back at this point other than clubs coming back to training. We know France have taken the sort of unprecedented step of saying no sport until September. Now, the last time I checked, and I could be wrong here, but Italy, Spain, Germany, France and England are not that far apart from each other. We're all quite central Europe. How can things be so dramatically different? And that's why I feel like this Premier League situation is just all, all money based, and I, I I can't see any feasible way that this season is 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 finished on the pitch without there being some sort of ramification of clubs. Um, I mean, yeah. you talked about like you talked about Leeds and West Brom, for example. Um, clearly, the best two sides in the Championship but it's not like a liverpool situation where they're 20 points clear and we're guaranteed promotion. You know, clubs like nottingham forest, fulham for example would probably say well hang on a second. Like we had yeah, leeds and forest, uh, leeds and west brom are first and second, but we had every chance of catching up. West brom were were on the slide, you know, coming into this this issue. Leeds were on the rise. Um, you know, west brom could turn around and say well hang on, we would have been champions. Leeds could turn around and say well we were on a better run, we would have been champions. Then there's revenue from that. There's the issue if you go back to the Premier League of, as you say, who goes up, who goes down. There's player contracts. You know, if you look at a player like Jack Grealish, for example, at Villa, he's a he's a wanted man, if you believe reports. If Villa stay in the Premier League, his price is so much more than if Villa are potentially not in the Premier League again. Or, you know, are in like if if a club stays up as a default, you know, not relegated as a default surely the valuations have to change because the players could turn around and say well you know I'm not signing a new contract I'm due to leave next season and the club could turn around and say well hang on a second we can't you know we're, we're gonna we're gonna seek legal action from you because we can't hold your value because if there's a second wave of this and the season gets postponed again that's gonna that's gonna affect the value or the club could say well, we want 40 million up front for a player because we need the money now so i, I just i just don't I can't see any feasible way that these things can can happen. Do you you feel like there's more to it than just the on pitch return? And and especially when you look at how all the leagues are dealing with it, do you feel like we're almost kind of behind in in what we're doing? Like you say, we just sat there waiting for somebody else almost as if to say, well, we don't want to commit yet. Or or do you think it's all down to what the government say tomorrow? Is that coming into the thinking?
1: Yeah, I think it's a, a bit of both. It's the kind of double uh, wishy-washiness from the Premier League and from the government in terms of what it wants to do, what it shouldn't be doing. I think that's where we've kind of got the kind of big thing where we're all kind of confused by the situation. Mm. I think with France, they've certainly been very aggressive Mm. in the way they've dealt with the whole situation. You know, I remember a couple of weeks ago, Macron coming out and saying, right, you guys couldn't be trusted. We had you do kind of an easy lockdown, but you were all out. You were sunbathing in the middle of Paris. You're all down at the beaches. Sorry, though, like, you're all locked in your house now for the next two weeks. Mm. You had your chance. And I think they've been a bit more aggressive in the way they've dealt with the general public. Mm.
0: The right way, by the way, I think, <laughs> <laughs> for people who abuse rules. But yeah. That's yes.
1: Pretty- uh, Whereas, yeah, I think we've been a bit more wishy-washy about the Mm. whole thing. Um, So, yeah, it would be interesting to kind of see what happens on Thursday, Mm. uh, Thursday evening, where we kind of get the update of what's going to happen because I don't think we're in a position yet to kind of roll out of everything. Um, But we shall see from that point of view. In terms of getting the sport back, uh, in terms of getting leagues back, I can kind of see each individual country sorting themselves out Mm. the question I've got is intercontinental because as you yeah. say, you know, France is borders, Germany borders, Italy borders, Spain. This is my geography knowledge coming out now. <laughs> uh, you know, and France has been completely locked itself down. Mm. But what if PSG is you can kind of say, bringing the champions league back Bayern is still in it. Um, you know, there's Leon. representatives from Spain, Leon are still there. Mm. Um, yeah, we've Juve. got um, Juve at the moment are still there anyway. Yeah. But you've got all of these countries that, you know, we're going to see an internal travel for mm. it. And to be honest, I'd be worried about PSG and Leon because mm. you know what? You've just done Blanket, you've got rid of the league. It's not happening. So whereas the Premier League is looking to bring in these kind of uh, – measures where the Bundesliga is bringing in these measures. France Mm. hasn't got that. And I'd wonder whether or not PSG or Lyon would be allowed back into the Champions League
0: Mm.
1: or Mm. even into Europa League
0: uh,
1: as well with the other cup competition that's available is will these teams be allowed back in if their league is still running Mm. or isn't running because they haven't got the same kind of levels in terms of isolation, because to be fair, it's not that I wouldn't say, um, you know, teams, teams of that kind of elite level are getting private jets most mm. of the time to games. So it's not out of, you know, it's not going to be that difficult to see them kind of isolate in terms of travel across continent. But it is that question of, how are they going to do it? And what happens if, you know, Spain's safety standards are different to Italy's safety standards and are different to the Premier League's safety standards? Are we going to be happy going, A teams going to be happy travelling to that country? Mm. What's going to happen then?
0: Yeah, and, and also, like, bringing it back to the domestic game, I mean, you know, like you said, if they bring the leagues back, transport, travel, you know, Portsmouth um, are going to travel very differently to... To to Arsenal, you know um, what you're going to do? Like get buses that have got seats that are are welded apart. Now, you know we have to change everything. Club canteens are they going to have to change? I mean, there's so much fallout that we're not really prepared for. I know things will happen gradually, but just on um like a human perspective, um, where do you sort of sit in terms of like we're both in the UK ourselves, um. From a sporting perspective, it does strike me that football is the only sport that's even discussing coming back at this stage, which I suppose, you know, you can kind of understand because it's, it's the national game and generates the most money, et cetera, and so on. But is it um, does it alarm you slightly that from the first whistle, we all kind of panicked and, and the streets were bare and people were indoors, you know, and, and it was noticeable, I think, wherever you went in the country, you could see people were were worried Is it sort of the same way you are, much like where I am now, where particularly I've noticed in the last maybe week to 10 days, people have almost just kind of gone, "Ah, it's fine. You know, just sort of throwing their hands up and said, "Do you know what? I know what the government is saying, but that's fine. You know, we're seeing less and less stories about good, you know, good. Cheerful sort of NHS stories. We're we're hearing less and less fundraising. We're we're seeing more and more people say go out and and do just just treat life like it's normal. That's going to bleed into sport, isn't it? If you if you suddenly bring football back, these people that are not, they're not abusing the rules because they haven't, as you said, it's not like France. We haven't been told we haven't been told you have to stay, in it's not a legal requirement. But it's blatantly obvious that people are now starting to <laughs> take the piss a bit. Yeah. So, that, that's 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 going to bleed into sport, isn't it? You're going to see people travel. You're going to see people going either to games or not just to games. Pub lock-ins, you know, going around to each other's houses. It's a bit bigger than just the sport itself, isn't it? What, what's your view on like the country and how we're dealing with it in the UK as a whole?
1: Yeah, it's certainly come that kind of feeling where people have said, "You know what? I've done my lockdown, yeah, and my I haven't. Lockdown. Yeah, I haven't got. I haven't got it. So mm. how bad can it be?" Fantastic you know what, I've been to Tesco, I've been to whatever other supermarkets are out there, and you know what, I've not got it, which is the point of lockdown. I think that's where people are kind of missing the things. Like, you know what, I haven't caught it, so uh, I've, I've done my safe distancing, so I'm always going to try and push the boundary mm. or push that limit and it'll be fine. It'll be all right, I can just get that. And I've certainly noticed it. Um, let's say it depends on which supermarket you go into for which one has more, um, which one is better at social distancing, <laughs> shall we say yeah. of the, not necessarily the the colleagues that are in there, but in terms of the people shop at your fellow shoppers. Mm-hmm. And I'd say, yeah, having traveled to various different ones, uh, I would say the client or the, the people who travel to a waitrose don't give a fuck mm-hmm. anymore now. They're just walking around. They don't care. Their second house. They need to load that up. You know, yeah. it's that kind of group at the moment.
0: Fingering all the food, yeah. putting it back. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. to be
1: fair, I need to see which avocado is the ripe one. Oh, no, uh, sure. So I need to give everyone a squeeze. Um, <laughs> habit, <you know>? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's that kind of feeling at the moment, which is where a, you kind of hope a more aggressive line mm. kind of comes into place. That, well, that,
0: that leads me into sorry to cut you off but that leads me nicely mm. into that into my next question really which is linked to the same the mm. same thing there's this expectation that the UK government will make the decision tomorrow and again we're recording on the Wednesday the, the, the thought is the decision to ease lockdown will happen tomorrow now what ease lockdown means is open to interpretation mm. is that what you think will happen because if it was me um to use a a wrestling term um hopefully ross listens to this he'll like this i would turn heel i I would um i'd go full heel if i was government and i'd say do you know what we've thought long and hard about this we've looked at the stats um and you lot are are idiots so what we've decided is because the majority of you couldn't behave and because the majority of you clearly don't have the, the sense to just do what you're told um and just go out for exercise or when you are out respecting the space of others um we're going to see how this goes for another three weeks but you're now in and that's it and and unless you've got a damn good reason as to why you're outside or unless you are clearly exercising um you know that's it let's try the spanish approach or the french approach
1: um
0: but I sort of feel like there's a growing number of people we have seen protesters in London all with their tinfoil hats on um, and other places in the UK, I should say, you know, sort of saying it's a government control thing. You have these weirdos that seem to think it's a 5G thing. Jesus. Um, the, do, do you sort of feel like that government decision is going to be to ease it? And, and is, is that almost going to be football and sports way out of all this to sort of say, well, the government said it's OK, so that's our way forward?
1: Uh, ooh, good question I think what we might see is something like them say right this is our plan for easing out of lockdown but we're not easing out of lockdown to the end of May mm-hmm. something like that is how I feel we'll probably see it don't think they'll double down on stuff I think um, <clears throat> the there's quite a lot of kind of thin skinnedness and a lot of maintaining of ego mm-hmm. and I think if they if anyone came out and agreed they needed a more aggressive lockdown, I don't think they'd be able to cope with the fallout of that. No. Necessarily. So I think that's where we might see them almost kind of chicken out mm. of it. Um
0: I feel like crime would rise as well. Yeah. I feel like if they tried to instill it's almost been a we'd like you to do this. Mm. I feel like if they imposed it, I feel like you're going to get idiots who will go out there and start looting and, and causing crime.
1: Mm, yeah, um, definitely. I think also kind of onto the football side of things. When football comes back, the game Liverpool finally win the league, we'll know where that is. Mm. right? It doesn't matter if it's happening at Anfield or a neutral venue. We know where that neutral venue is because we'll have seen it on TV. And it would already have said, you know, oh, live from, I don't know, the Amex would seem like a weird place they'd do it. But to be fair, it's where the league was won last year. Yeah. Uh, but this is, say Villa Park, what's the chances that the every Liverpool fan, because it's the first league they've won for 30 years,
0: mm.
1: doesn't assemble outside Villa Park or doesn't as- assemble outside of Anfield? Mm. To see the return or outside of, is it Carrington? Is there training yeah, grounds at exactly United? Been, even in Liverpool, or is it, yeah. Exactly, or even yeah. Melwood. Is yeah, Ma- really
0: Ma- Ma- yeah, Melwood. Yeah, Carrington's United. Carrington's
1: United, United yeah. yeah. So outside Melwood. Mm. What's the chances are there? Because it's one of those three places, mm. basically, is where the Liverpool team bus will be at some yep. point, either dropping off the players or picking them up to take them back. Yeah. Uh, Cause I imagine it's not like when you're on a school trip and you know, the bus goes around, stops at everyone <laughs> everyone's yeah, house, everyone's house, drop you all off. Yeah, right. Next, next stop, Klopp's house. Yeah. This goes round and uh right off you get Klopp. You got anything else? So, like, Oh, give me a second. Left my sandwiches on the bus.
0: Or like uh, a, a lad's holiday yeah. where they stop off at that awful hotel as you go. Yeah. And drop off it. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Absolutely. Stops at the, near, you know, the B just outside the uh, things you can go to the toilet.
0: Yeah. Uh Yeah.
1: So I, that's going to happen it happened in france yeah yeah you know, which psg game was it that
0: uh the the dortmund uh, of, uh dortmund last 16 where all yes. the fans assembled outside in fairness the only caveat i'd have to that is this was right at the very beginning where i think a lot of people didn't realize how serious this was going to become mm. but there right. was still, still, they were still it. advised to stay away they still turned up exactly
1: yeah it's still going to happen you know the the routes into Liverpool are going to be... They're going to have lots of traffic on them because people will mm. not travel to it.
0: Mm. And to We're be fair... Pressure on the police as well.
1: Yeah. And Obviously. to be fair, if I was local to the Emirates and Arsenal won the league there, mm. would I contemplate going out? Mm. Might put a face mask on. Mm. Pro- you know what? I probably would.
0: Be hard <laughs> not to.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I think mm. that's the kind of thing you're looking at. Especially after that kind of time without winning it mm. and i think that's the problem is if they just announced liverpool won the league that's it mm. you don't get that public gathering necessarily no. or at least where the public gathering would happen would be so spread out you could control it you could you can manage more or less it. control it some people mm. might turn up at malwood some people might turn up at anfield mm. but, but the numbers are good, the numbers are going to be so much lower Mm. because the team um, isn't there so not and, gonna, this is,
0: and this yeah. is coming from two of us that I'd like to think listen, listeners to this might disagree of course but mm. um, I'd like to think we're quite level headed mature intelligent individuals to you know mostly um, that's coming from us where we both you've you've said and I said I would agree with you if our teams won the league it would be very hard to to not enjoy that with others or go and celebrate it that's coming from people who have a a sensible mature head-on there's also unfortunately um this is not a liverpool thing this is across the country where whoever you support wherever you live Mm. there's a lot of um very uneducated and um you know very um i've got to be careful how i phrase this we'll just stick with uneducated (laughs) people who don't necessarily have a lot of common sense or or maybe not very well educated and have this belief that oh well it won't happen to me Mm. um there's and there's going to be a lot of those people, not just the sensible people who'll go, who will say, you know, crack out the bubbly, missus, and, and we'll have a lovely evening together. There are going to be a lot of people who just don't have the, the common sense. Um, and you only have to look at, particularly like Brits abroad, for example, how we mm. feel like we can take over a, a city when we're abroad. I could see that happening, you know, in yeah. somewhere somewhere like Liverpool, and not just in Liverpool. Um, teams survive relegation you know what if Norwich stay up um you know what what if uh what if Leeds get promoted you're telling mm-hmm. me that most of the people are not you know Leeds have been out of the Premier League for what 17 18 years now you're yeah. telling me that, that they're hardcore base you know one of the most followed and heavily tribal supported teams in the UK you seriously telling me that there isn't going to be a mass gathering in Leeds City Centre if they get promoted of course the bloody is yeah you know and then that Definitely. in turn puts pressure on further pressure on the emergency services um you know, the police and, and, and the, the healthcare workers. And and it puts pressure, I think, as well on the clubs because, you know, they're, they, they're essentially going to have to answer to their fans, aren't they?
1: Yeah, and I think that's where we might see a little bit of pushback from clubs that you wouldn't expect pushing back. Mm-hmm. At the moment, you know, it's the relegate or the clubs that could be relegated that are pushing back at the moment, rightly so, mm-hmm. because... Their main advantage at this time of the season is clubs with nothing to play for coming to their ground and just cruising through 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. That's where they pick up their points. You know, think of how many great escapes there have been in Premier League and EFL history. You know, just Premier League. You've got the Sunderland ones, you know, Leicester didn't win the title. The season before, that was a great escape. I think they did that Mm. on the second to last or last game of the season.
0: Yeah, same. They stayed up. West Brom as well, wasn't it? That season they were buried and stayed up. Yeah,
1: yeah. There's so many of them. There's always. It's weird because it is this point of the season, ish. Mm. You know, about ten games left, where you look at it and you go, "Well, history tells me that one of those three in the bottom three isn't going to be there by the end of Mm. this." And it's normally that team in 19th. Yeah. You know, the team in 18th is still like, oh yeah, I can still do it. We could pick up points somewhere. They're kind of targeting games. 20th Mm. are probably dead and buried most of the time. And it's that one in 19th that's got, we've got nothing to lose at this moment. We're going to go for it. You know, every game's a final kind of mentality and just trying to pick up points.
0: Yeah.
1: And it's always that kind of, oh, the, the other club that's too big to go down, they're the one that kind of stumbles yeah so i'd be interested to kind of see if they managed if the premier league managed to placate those clubs then is it on to liverpool
0: Mm. it's on
1: to them because as we kind of said all right you are announced you win the trophy how are you going to help with your fans in terms of crowd control
0: yeah what are you going to do yeah yeah and and at this stage i i almost i mean you know i'm i'm a as uh, like, like yourself and like all, all of us on who do this podcast, I mean, you know, we're all football fans. Um, you know, I've missed the game, but I, I I just I don't I don't want it back at this stage. I just I don't want it back until we know that 100 percent is being managed correctly. Um, and, and I don't. Yeah, this is it's not always about me. Me or us but you know I don't want the game back sanitized I don't want it back with no fans you know um Ross used the example in our, our group today about what sort of the WWE and AEW the two large wrestling organizations in the US are doing you know they're continuing with their shooting and filming and you know it was anybody who watched like Wrestlemania for example this year okay there was some entertainment in it and stuff but ultimately it's a hollow feeling and it, it, it's not the same it, it's the crowd reaction, the, the the sort of that tribal nature and the following, that's what gets you involved in the game. Um, anyone that watched that England-Croatia game, was it, Behind Closed Doors? Mm. I mean, it's just not the same. Um, and 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 there's only so much interest you can get from hearing players shout for five minutes. Um, and I know that Sky talking about potentially piping in atmosphere noises and there's talk of green screens for fans. I mean, can you imagine that? I mean, it's, it's just... You know, it's like something from Tron, isn't it? I mean, it's just, yeah, not, the, it's just not real life, is
1: it? I can't see things like a green screen really coming no, I mean, into it's, play. It's, um, just in terms of the amount of data it would take to send that back down, the kind of yeah. line to everybody's televisions. I'm not sure that's yeah. really going to fly pumping in atmosphere. But to be fair, they do already manipulate crowd sounds. Yeah, why names. not? Known, didn't they? Um, yeah. Well, yeah, I've definitely heard it. It happens across sport. Uh, Twickenham is the one that comes to mind um, yeah. when Swing Low comes on. Um, yeah, yeah. That's piped round, uh, as is you know crowd noise. happens is piped round. It, it happens. Yeah. Uh, there's no. Yeah. Um, it's it's definitely yeah. It's not a new thing, and it's definitely manipulated on Sky and BT. I mean, how often have you heard that particular vocal chap at a particular stadium who's yeah. effing and jeffing and s- next to the commentary box, and they have to slowly tone down. Certain sounds across it, they're always or manipulating when, it. Or when so, Sky are yeah.
0: getting abused by uh, yeah. a certain like leads, uh, yeah,
1: chance. or BT Sport, I think it's one of the yeah. two, always yeah. gets caught out on Sky when it's champions, uh, when it's um, when it's Man City, yeah, and they get yeah. moves a game or something, yeah. they're always gonna, yeah, hear that around, unless they're artificially pumped that in as well, that'd be nice
0: yeah 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 well yeah that, that would be interesting wouldn't it too, it would be
1: interesting it? to kind of throw in and again it with crowd noise is it just going to be the oohs and ahs or is it going to yeah, be yeah exactly you know they, what they, we're was talking about them,
0: they was talking about having the games like in delay so they could time it right so that mm. they would you know that they'd have like three or four moments in advance so that they could, you know, time the the, the right time to pump in whatever crowd noise was relevant to that. So yeah, it's baffling, isn't it? I just, yeah, yeah, I, I don't, I, I really don't get it. Um,
1: I would mean, then assuming every game is also going to be broadcast. Yeah. For well, journalistic to... sake, you know, they've yeah. got to have access to it unless they're bringing something in. I can't remember what is the pro, what is that? Yeah. Um, Oh, what is the program where you can get every single game? Um, it's an online oh, resource.
0: Okay. Oh, right. I was lo- like what Amazon did, where you could pick and choose. A little bit.
1: Um, it's only games that have been played, but in terms oh, okay. of know, what it is, it gets called. Uh-huh. Um, someone like Michael Cox always goes on about it in terms mm-hmm. of basically an archive of every Mass single game. Database. yeah. Mass database costs mm. certain money. It's basically for journalists. Yeah. Well, that's what it's for generally so they can re-watch games, re-watch highlights and stuff. Yeah. Um, And is it going to be something like that Then gets the licenses to control the things? I was just thinking of the likes of, you know, uh, mate Simon from ABW. Yeah. You know, currently isn't working. What's going to happen when football comes back? Because are they going to let journalists back into the stadium? Seems Mm. a bit of a, you know, crazy way of bringing it back. Mm. is it you know at least you can kind of control what's going on with players ish mm. but then you know players are families you don't know who these players are living with as well mm. you know some of these some of the uh foreign players are bringing over you know family members because it's yeah. a better quality of life
0: well they've got but young
1: you've children. still got yeah young children or elderly parents they brought over you know um just thinking abamyang has got his dad over. He's got a yeah. lot of his extended family there. You know, his dad's going to be, well, if Abamyang's 31, his dad, you're going to say, is going to be in his 50s. Yeah, I think, I think he's
0: near he's his
1: 60s, 70s, I think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he's going to be of that kind of age that's an at-risk category. Mm. And does he want to be going out, potentially catching it off, who said, any player, mm. even just within his squad, Yeah, that might catch it? and then bring it home to his Mm. dad.
0: I think Sergio Aguero is the same, didn't he? I think he was one of the first players to sort of come out over the weekend in a Spanish interview and just sort of said, you know, I'm not really comfortable coming back and um, and I can be penalised for, for refusing to come back.
1: I mean, that's that's another great uh, club to go because David Silva's son. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. He had
1: to take time off earlier in the season because his son was so ill.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly that. There, There was, um, Again, I hate to use a wrestling reference, but the, the, one of the, their main stars, if you like, um, Roman Reigns has been essentially phased out of all advertising by WWE because he's, he is in remission from leukaemia um, and has survived um, two strains, essentially, through treatment, and he said, I'm not doing it. I'm, I'm just not doing it. And since then, they've taken him off all the marketing. They've taken him off all of the, the – basically, his name has been banned – throughout any form of, of the, the dressing room. So what if that happens in football and a player turns around and says, um, no, I'm not going to play. You know, does the club have a moral responsibility to then find the player for a lack of discipline? Or, you know, do they? does, it, does that mean you drop a player as a result of that? I mean, it's...
1: There's some more precedent for this in the lower leagues yeah. in England than in the Premier League uh, when you look at international breaks. Yeah. So obviously Premier League takes a break when it's an international break, but the leagues below in the EFL don't break up. Mm. The championship might do every so often.
0: Yeah, depends on the
1: level. But of the depends on the level. But yeah, that's where it comes in. You know, like League One, League Two. You can have a certain club will write to them say we've got five players called up for international duty, and mm. they go okay, we'll um, we'll change your fixture. Yeah, and we'll put it in somewhere else. And when you've got these kind of clubs that are down. In the size of those clubs there is that kind of thing where you have five players that say i don't want to play this mm. like saying they're on international duty and the club could go around and say well, we've got precedent we've got five players unavailable yeah yeah um, it's because they're not playing they're not choosing to play for us they're choosing to play for their country or so, just sure. not play yeah,
0: isn't there as well it's just it's so like, yeah so, so many things to consider and i appreciate like you know football survived two world wars you know i'm sure things will get back to normal but it it just strikes me that it it feels like we're getting rushed that's what it feels like Mm. to me and it it feels to me like money is at the heart of of all of this and and that's the um that's the concern um just to finish off today um i I do just want to ask you like what you can foresee uh not so much the future being because you know we'll continue to report on whatever Mm. happens in the various countries but Do you feel like this will be – do you feel like the game itself will will change as a result of this? I mean, we've been over contracts and transfer market and all that. We know that's going to change for definite. But do you feel like some things will change in terms of, like, the supporter experience? Do you think this might make people reconsider how much money they spend on season tickets, uh, whether they travel to games? You know, Do you feel like the, the, the game itself from a supporter point of view will change?
1: Yeah, I think so. Uh, I, I'd say interestingly, uh, back in April, I was rather, I was described it let's go with it pissed off to receive a congratulations, you've got to the point on the season ticket list where you can now get a season ticket. Yeah. Um, would you like to get one for next season? And I was sitting there going, um, Mm. this is just after <clears throat> excuse me football has been called off and you know the deadline's there it's fine I can kind of sit on it and understand why clubs are pushing for it but what happens for next season uh, you know German teams of or Germany the Bundesliga have kind of suggested they wouldn't have fans maybe for the entirety of next season
0: mm. yeah exactly there'll
1: be a whole season behind closed doors now whereas you know, we've kind of seen, certainly from an Arsenal point of view, the way it's been pushed is the Bayern Munich model. Of, mm. uh, and I think they've said before, you know, how a lot of football fans that know the global game have said Bundesliga is the best thing because tickets are dirt cheap, great atmosphere, and you can drink in your seat. Those mm-hmm. are the kind of holy trinity of things you get. There. You know, there's there's groups of supporters. I think there's a Dortmund supporters club in Manchester that flies out for every game, for them. Which I think kind of says that that's how cheap tickets are. So I don't think they'll necessarily miss the income, but that's where in the English game we will. Mm-hmm. Because whilst we've got the 30s plenty campaign in the Premier League, that doesn't exist in the Championship. No. I remember going to see Villa versus Brighton um, and being charged. 50 quid for that ticket because Mm. it was Category A game and yeah it's that kind of thing that that is a huge bit of revenue for Mm. the club to get in and whereas in you know a team the size of Bayern they're probably what getting in you know a million or so if they dropped all the if they lost the tickets Mm. the tickets that they get every week in the Premier League we're talking of like tens of millions there's clubs that solely rely on wage it or on um people coming through the gates on the fans for it so how they'll kind of recoup that mm. would be interesting whether or not we see more kind of well i think the way to kind of deal with it is to put the broadcast revenues almost back into the clubs almost yeah or for like the EFL to take it on board mm. and the Premier League to take it on board so they can kind of control it and then spread it out evenly mm. to perhaps try and sustain it a little bit like you've got in the NFL or in the NBA where you buy a season ticket for your club and yeah. you see all their games. Yeah. I think that's the only way we're going to have to try and do it. But as much as you can do that in the Premier League, you've also got to have someone go into Forest Green Rovers every week at, yeah exactly exactly that to film them get some commentary over it as well So it's still going to be in place but i think we might see more kind of digital solutions for yeah. it which would be really interesting from kind of a like personal point of view yeah to see how they kind of deal with that but i can only see it if it's without fans they're going to have to get some form of caesar ticket ticketing in some form of revenue so that Mm -hmm. everyone can kind of see their games. And if that's a pay-per-view system uh, for just your club, I think that's probably the the easiest way to do it. It's just setting up that infrastructure. That's Mm -hmm. also got to happen. And then what happens when football comes back as well?
0: Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm.
1: How many people are now comfortable with the fact of, you know what? I don't have to go to Mm -hmm. travel now to go and see my club. Yeah. I've got my season ticket, uh, yeah. my digital season ticket. I get every game. It's raining outside. You know what? Let's not go to the game. Yeah, exactly. I'm not going to get my get, you know, uh, can I be bothered to put my ticket on a ticket exchange system? Mm. Just because in the morning I've looked at it and looked at the weather. It's not great. Absolutely. You know, my stadium's got no cover either.
0: Yeah.
1: Whilst the club don't necessarily mind because fundamentally you've paid for your ticket mm. they might lose out in terms of food and stuff you know if they're kind of assuming you know we've all been trying to pay for a hot dog at the emirates or at tottenham Hotspur stadium it's about 15 quid mm. to that and a drink so that's another 10 15 pounds that they're losing from every additional seat yeah that's not turning up yeah. so yeah that would be the wonder of how it kind of comes back but
0: yeah, I think even Liverpool put on hold really, their, their expansion of Anfield because they're, yeah. they they want to see what happens before they commit to...
1: Yeah, it totally makes sense. The one that is interesting is United still persevering with their safe standing.
0: Yeah, yeah. Did, that's an
1: happen. interesting one that's coming through. And to be honest, it does actually give them additional times to be doing these things. Yeah, yeah it's a good that, time to try, isn't it? Yeah, um, It's whether or not you kind of got the money in place. I mean, a stadium that is kind of sad to see at the moment is the state of Villa Park. Yeah, since Villa Park hasn't been used for um, it, uh, FA Cup semi-finals, yeah, that now that that's kind of it's almost deteriorated. Especially since Villa then kind of tumbled down the leagues, so that putting yeah. money back into the stadium hasn't necessarily been a thing they need to do. No, I would wonder whether or not they take this time because it's also the case of any repairs you need to do to your stadium has to be done within a th- like three month window. Mm. And some repairs just can't be done in that time. We've seen how Fulham don't have a stand at the moment.
0: Yeah,
1: at one end, so in a wayward shot goes into the Thames. Yeah. You'll, uh, I think you maybe see some more ambitious projects if they're given that kind of time to develop them. Yeah. So whilst you've got an empty stadium, you know, not having a stand isn't as much of an issue. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it'd be interesting to see if, you know, especially with Villa, if Villa are told, you know what, you've not budgeted to be in the Premier League next season. Mm. You're going to be in the Premier League next season. Here's your broadcast revenue. It's going to be, you know, 120 million or whatever it is for next year. And they'll go, you know what, 40 million we're going to use towards reviving that stadium that is sorely needs it. And I'm sure there's plenty of others around up and down the league that, having that kind of comfort means that they can do a bit more kind of infrastructural changes yeah and big long-term projects can happen
0: yeah it feels like clubs will rethink their <laughs> strategies doesn't it long-term mm. long-term absolutely yeah well it's it's, it's definitely one that will run and run um we as i say we wanted to, to bring you sort of um you know a on the english game i mean as we said time recording today. Uh things are a little bit up in the air because we're we're much like Germany waiting on the governmental uh quote unquote decision that we feel we'll probably get tomorrow with regards to what happens and um, we'll probably know a little bit more then about what's gonna happen and, and when we sort of get together as a group we'll probably have a better hopefully a better outcome uh in terms of knowing where we where we are or, or where we're going um so yes uh keep us uh keep us sort of uh adjusted to that um frequency if you will and we will keep you posted um josh if people want to um follow you directly uh they can do so i believe on on the twitters um people want to find you or, or pick up or ask you anything do you want to let them know where they can do that
1: yes you can find me on Twitter what my Twitter handle is though sometimes confuses even me. It is a BN Josh, which is at obviously, uh Bravo November, Josh Echo Delta. There we go. Do a bit of showing off in that as well. Um so yeah, you can grab me there, um and we can chat anything. At the moment I've got a poll running for all you Arsenal fans um for who our next number seven should be. So uh there you go. Get involved. There's always something on there.
0: Or even if you're not, I mean, you know, you can get involved.
1: If you're not, you can jump on and comment and just say who you want to be on You number seven.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Might be,
1: might be a wild one. I saw Kai Havertz being one of them. Can't see happening in the next, uh, not, ever. No, no <laughs> I think it's more likely
0: to i internally than someone like that, but I guess yeah. we never know. Um, yes. just, we go. I do just want to give, um, two quick shout outs. Um, just, well, Three kind of but one um please don't worry about just speaking of twitter we are working on things We're, we're going to be sort of updating graphics and and all sorts of bits and bobs about that but we're not going to rush with that we're going to take our time um before we sort of relaunch kind of twitter and everything so if you have got any questions for us or if you want to ask us anything directly the best thing to do is leave a youtube comment um if you watch us on youtube or give us a, a shout directly on our Twitters. Um, I'm sure you'd be able to find us by now, but yeah, just leave us a message and we'll, we'll get back to you. I do want to give um, a special shout out and a get well soon. Um, former listener or well, our former guys with a listener uh, by the name of Korosh, Korosh Musavi. Um he's been very unwell recently, um, not directly linked to, to the, the coronavirus, but he's, he's had a, a really bad time of it health wise recently. So I do just want to give him our best wishes uh, and love from the pod and, and hope he recovers um, well, he was always a really good contributor to our, our previous guys. Wrote some really fantastic articles for us as well on German football. So, uh, Korosh, if you if you're listening, um, we're thinking of you, my friend, and and hopefully you get well soon. Um, and also, I want to give a, a little shout out to my best mate, my best mate, um, Ian, or as as I know him, Yanni. Um he's just recently joined Twitter and um he messaged me out the blue the other day. Um he lives in a different city to me and says, I've just listened to your podcast. That's like all the people I never thought would listen to a podcast. He was right up there at the top of the list. So uh Yanni, if you're listening, um hopefully you've enjoyed the second one and uh and, and many more to come and hopefully you and you and the family are well. So uh yes, um keep um keep yourself sane, boys and girls. Uh, myself and, and Josh obviously thank you for for tuning in today, tonight, whenever this is that you're listening to this. And uh, we will aim to be back. And, um, yeah, Josh, I think we'll be, we'll be back as a group setting, uh, hopefully in the next week or so, um, plan is, or, or certainly within the next fortnight. So looking forward to that. I guess until then, we just have to hope that things run smoothly.
1: Yeah, definitely. And can't wait to go back as the collective again. Yes. It's been too long. And hopefully this time uh, we'll do it where I don't have to run off early as well. <laughs>
0: yeah yeah hopefully so schedules is always the hardest part of podcasting as anyone who's yeah. done no but hopefully we can sort something out but uh yes um thank you very much for your time josh i appreciate it
1: thank you and thank you for yours as well uh to be fair uh there's no danny today as well this is all yeah. been done well yours truly so i am the unfortunate butter monkey
0: danny yeah danny a danny pod um as i said look out for another one um i think the next plan to record is with lana so um i'll probably be back at some point in the next couple of days i'm having had a chat with lana and uh and joel and drew to follow that as well so um keep tuned in uh keep the feedback coming um again thank you so much for everyone who has listened to our first pod and who will listen to this and uh if there is any question or anything you want to cover just let us know and we'll do our best but until then uh keep your head strong and your glasses trendy I remembered it this time. Hey, (laughs) we'll speak to you very soon.